in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the lights so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light because the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. We all know the first few words of the story. In the beginning. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the deep. That's how the story of God creating the universe begins, with light bursting out into every direction, dividing the day from the night. God created the stars and the sky, molded the sun and the moon, gathered together the seas and dry lands. The earth gave birth to plants. The sea became home to creatures made to swim and glide, Birds filled the air, the land teemed with insects and creatures of every kind. And finally, finally humanity was created in the very image of God. In the beginning. That is how the story in Genesis 1, the first creation story, begins. Some of us know the first words of the next story, too. In the day. In the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, when no plant of the field had yet sprung up in the earth and no herb of the field had yet come. That's how the story starts in Genesis 2. A different story that gives us 
a different description of how God created this world and our place in it. There are no days and nights, no sun and moon, no stars and sky. There's just God. So intimate and close that she uses dust in her own hands to form humanity and then gently breathed into the first humans to give them life. God placed the humans in a garden called Eden to live and to thrive. In the day, back in the day, that's how the story in Genesis 2, the second creation story, begins. And this morning we got to hear the third. It might be surprising to find out that the Bible has three different stories of creation, especially for people who have been taught that that first story has to be read literally, but it's true. And the last one is found in the Gospel of John, and it starts with familiar words, in the beginning, it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Many of us associate these words with Christmas, and that's because in the Gospel of John, this is the whole story of Jesus' birth. This is it. Matthew has genealogies and an angel telling Joseph the good news. Luke has shepherds and angels and mangers and Bethlehem. Mark, well, Mark is too busy to give us many details, and so he jumps straight to the action when Jesus is baptized. But John uses these words to tell us about the birth of Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And those words were chosen intentionally. John wants to connect the story of Jesus with the story of creation in Genesis 1 so that we can learn something about Jesus and perhaps even learn something about ourselves. See, the author of John wants there to be no confusion about who Jesus is. Jesus is God. That's what John is telling us. Jesus is the word of God, God's word spoken to the universe. Jesus was there at the very beginning, literally in the beginning, creating the heavens and the earth, the sun and the moon, plants and animals. See, Jesus is not just a cute baby born to do amazing things. Jesus is not just another prophet who came to speak God's truth. Jesus is not just a gifted teacher or a philosopher who bestows lessons and morality upon us. He's not, as some people believed, an especially righteous human who was so great that he got God's attention and so God decided to adopt him. He's not a demigod or a, a Greco-Roman hero. He's not some lesser heavenly being. Jesus is God. Jesus is the eternal light shining in the darkness, the divine light that darkness has never been able to overcome. 
And the reason why this matters so much, why this isn't just an interesting philosophical exercise or some theological debate for bored pastors to have with one another, the reason why you shouldn't space out right now, even if this feels like the boring part, or tune out because it reminds you of confirmation classes, the reason why John wrote these words, why he wanted to connect the story of Jesus to the story of creation, the reason why he wants to make it clear that Jesus is God, the reason for all of it is because it allows us to grasp just how shocking and scandalous and amazing and miraculous the next part of the story is because John says, The word became flesh and lived among us. Jesus left heaven and came into our worlds. He set aside his power and became a finite, fragile human being. He stepped off his throne to walk and to live among us. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. I mean, think about that. The one who shaped the stars chose to become small and weak enough to trace the shape of his mother's face. The one whose words spoke things into being came to speak and to listen to us. The one who breathed life into humans, chose to draw breath as a baby, to embrace humanity with all of its frailties and limitations. John realized that Jesus coming into our world, living as one of us, dying and rising again, was so game-changing that the only way to describe it was to use those original words. In the beginning. And you know that story, we all do. We know that God made this earth and made us, but that God's dream for creation was quickly quickly fractured. Sin entered the world. The relationship between God and humans was, was broken. We live with that brokenness every day in in the way we treat ourselves, the way we treat one another, and the way we treat God's creation. But the birth of Jesus changed the equation. When Jesus came, John says, it was like creation happening all over again, a, a new creation, a new start, a new life offered to you and to me, and to this entire weary world. We use a lot of different words and phrases, just like we heard Paul use, to describe what Jesus has done for us, what Jesus offers to us. We talk about being saved and justified and redeemed and adopted. We talk about forgiveness and grace and mercy. We talk about atonement, theorizing that Jesus died and rose again to defeat the powers of evil and death, or that he died and rose to pay for the debt we owed because of our sins. 
We talk about sacrifice and our need for a savior and about the nature of sin. We use big words and phrases like penal substitutionary atonement, Christus victor, propitiation, expiation, soteriology. And all of it, all the language we use, all the words we speak, all the ways we talk about it, it's all an attempt to put words to something that is at its heart indescribable. A truth that cannot be fully captured by any words, but that we have nonetheless experienced for ourselves the truth that in Jesus, we have been made right and whole. That through Jesus, whatever was broken in our relationship with God has been healed. That through Jesus, whatever is broken in the ways we see ourselves, whatever is skewed and wrong with the ways we understand this world, our concepts of love and servanthood and money and a thousand other things, whatever is broken or twisted in the ways we relate to and view other people through Jesus, all that is broken has been and is being and will be transformed and healed and made new. Paul wrote, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. That's what Jesus being born into this world means. Through faith in Jesus, God offers us new life and the opportunity to be made new. Through Jesus, God is making this whole world new. God's making us new. And I think... Gosh, I think these are words we need to hear as we start a new year together. Listen, we are all hoping and praying and wishing and just longing for 2021 to be better than 2020 was. Because 2020 was in many ways awful. We're tired and worn down. And we're ready for something new. So perhaps we just need to hear, to be reminded that God's light shines in the darkness and will not be overcome. That goodness is stronger than evil and love is stronger than hate and life is stronger than death. The evil that we've seen this year, the loss that we've suffered and experienced, the racial injustice that we've grappled with, the dishonesty and corruption and lust for power that we've seen in our leaders, none of that can or will overcome the simple truth that God's light shines and has come into our world. Perhaps we need to hear just to be reminded that when the light came into this world, he was unrecognized and rejected. Jesus challenged people's worldviews, 
their religious views, their political views, their comforts, and their priorities. And in this world, where so much darkness has been allowed to thrive, now is the time for us to consider how we need to be challenged. Even in ways that make us uncomfortable, how we need to change so that we can better shine the light of Christ. Perhaps we just need to hear to be reminded that new life is possible. All of us are carrying grief and sorrow. Some of us are holding on to past hurts that are are pulling us down. Some of us are living in the shadows of our past mistakes and allowing them to keep defining us. We're putting our trust in people and things that that leave us disappointed and empty. Some of us are full of anger or fear or self-loathing or a sense of inadequacy. We're clinging to behaviors and habits that that don't lead to our well-being or the well-being of others. And if any of this describes you, if you're longing for any sort of new life, then this morning I invite you to simply come to Jesus and hear these three ancient words. In the beginning. And to know that through Jesus, you are offered a new beginning, new life, here, now, today, and every day. May you be made new. Amen.